Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Kirk and I today are going to dive into the five biggest sales and marketing trends affecting lead generation. I think it probably doesn't surprise you. This is something that we talk about regularly is the whole idea of lead generation, how to drive people to all of your content. Kirk has got some really good ideas here, these five points. But first off, Kirk, why are you working on this? I mean, you're, you're the CEO of the company. Why don't you tell everybody why this is so important to your role here at Proudmouth? Yeah, one of my favorite things to do, actually, and one of the things I care most about for our company here is us having an amazing product. So I'm in product development mode quite often, and I enjoy being there. I would enjoy it more, I think, probably if we had more and more resources to implement and test, but we're, we're getting there. But we definitely don't sleep on what we do right now. I know we can get better. I know we can get a lot better, to be honest. So just, I think a big driver of that is actually really caring about our client success and not just our clients, but anybody that we're talking to, right? Having lots of great stuff to share with, with you guys, with our listeners. And thank you for being here, by the way. And this is what it's all about, solving stuff. I love solving stuff, man. You do. And in your process for solving stuff is, is fascinating, not only to me, but also to the team. But where do we begin with this? <laughs> I think, did you just say a process for solving yeah. stuff? Because that was funny. <laughs> I did, had no idea I had a process because I just looked. I mean, I've read about processes for solving stuff, right? I brought up The Opposable Mind, that book. Yeah, yeah. I do love that. That's a process. Yeah. Every once in a while, I, I may, maybe that's just embedded in my. Oh, this is part know. of who you are, dude. I mean, I, you don't. Yeah, I know. But I, I, when you said process, I was like, I'm not, I cannot let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have processes for a lot of things here, but I, I, you know what? I probably do. I'm so hard on myself like that. But I mean, um, honestly, hold on, dude. I mean, the, the, I just had, our, I had before we got, when we we're getting warmed up for this call today. I had an argument with Siri for heaven's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win. No, no. I, I stumped Siri, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I stumped them. But, but part of how we prepare for the podcasts, in my opinion, is part of your process on how you solve things. Is It's this whole mind mapping opportunity. You start with a specific idea and then you break it down and you sequentially get more granular. I think that's just how your brain works. And, and that's what we do. We've said this a kabillion times on the podcast. If you don't use something like a mind mapping tool like MindMeister, you're really missing out on how to flesh out really good ideas. And Yeah. And yeah. So I have my I have processes i don't even know our processes and you make up new words all the time like kabillion <laughs> yeah. yeah so will you get on me all the time about about exaggerating different things so i'm going to start using <laughs> nonsensical numbers so that i don't get in trouble for that all right what is the first thing of the five biggest sales marketing trends kirk what are we working on the the first one which i think kind of sets the table for everything else is how consumers buy so consumer buying behavior so think about how your audience might engage with somebody 
like you and your business. And for our audience, mostly financial advisors, what is that process like? And we've talked about this. I've probably talked about this 20 times, the, the idea of it on our many podcasts, which is they're, they're seeking you out. There's so many touch points. They're going pretty much, pretty much most of it happens online. If they can, if you have opportunities for face-to-face, you want to have those too. We'll get into that a little bit later, but a lot of stuff's online. So you need to be in multiple places. It's on time, on their time. So you need to be persistent because they're, they're going to want you when they want you. We, we've talked about this before. I think you ta- you were talking to a fellow financial professional up in Canada recently, and they told you they've been following my work for like 10, 15 years. 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. That's funny. So you never know. They, they paid like yesterday, dude, which is just, it only, it was only a 15 year sales cycle. I'd say that's pretty efficient. <laughs> and we don't even do what we did then, oh, <laughs> which no. is even more funny. Anyway, so on time, like you got to be there when they're ready, right? And you got to do what they need. So you got to be able to clarify the problems that you solve for whom you, who you solve them and, and how you solve them. And we'll get into a little bit more of that later too. It's always going to be on their terms. So you need to make it easy for people to work with you. It's got to be about how they want to move forward, how they want to do business, and, and not just how you want to do it. I mean, obviously you're going to have certain ways you want to do business, but you got to make it easy for them because it's on their terms. So just, just to repeat those online, on time, on need, on terms. Hopefully that made sense. It, it does. Let's ju- dive into the the online a little bit more. The the What we talked about when we we're preparing for this is multi-channel strategies. And, and I think that we need to add a qualifier to that, which is also multimedia and media strategy. So dive into that. Okay, so let's let's add let's add a fifth here, which is on medium. Oh, nice. So Matt and I use notes for these. We told you guys we, we talked about that quite a bit. We use a MindMeister mind mapping tool, and we actually share the mind map, so we stay on track. If you ever want to see us burning, crash and burn, it's without a map. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah, so I mean, sometimes it works out, but anyway. I'm, I'm keeping you on track here. So let's talk about the strategies because I still don't think that there are people out there who understand the importance that you have to really, truly be omnipresent. We just talked a little bit about being ever present, but omnipresent is important. So dive into that. Interesting story is that some of our clients uh, solve Proud Mouth. So we run like, you know, podcasting, content multiplication, social media fulfillment, think that we are their multi they're complete multi-channel we're definitely multi-channel but we're not enough channels depending on how 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 aggressive you want to pursue influence for some we can be i guess but but for most you need you need more so let me let me explain multi-channel strategy because i think there's a confusion about it sometimes and and i worry that sometimes market a lot of marketing people add to the confusion because we say multi channel but we don't talk about channels we talk about multiple social media platforms as an example so multi channel isn't being on linkedin twitter and facebook that's not a multi channel strategy multi channel is being on social media having a podcast uh, or or a video channel uh, using email picking up the phone from time to time having events whether live or digital yeah, having a referral process, maybe even running ads, things like that. Those, that's multi-channel. And our most successful clients unequivocally have more channels running than the others, and they're all integrated. 
Well, and I want to add one of the other things that our one of our really successful clients is doing with another channel is he's created mastermind groups. So when you're talking about events and all of these things that you can do to attract people, one of the things that he's doing is he's attracting new centers of influence and deepening relationships with referral partners by running these monthly mastermind meetings. It's it really isn't a huge amount of preparation. It's more of like a networking brainstorming session. But that's another one of the strategies. I don't know how often people understand that one of the roof, one of the strategies we Kirk, you talked about picking up the phone, but maybe just stopping by and dropping off flowers, donuts, cookies. That's a channel strategy, everybody, to your strategic partners. And now that for most of North America, it's opened up. But I'm telling you, man, you drop off fresh baked cookies somewhere, people are going to recognize that you were doing something really nice. And it's that principle of reciprocity. Now you're smirking. I was at a conference <laughs> like years ago with this friend of mine who invited me to go with a bunch of advisors. This guy's on stage talking to everybody and he's trying to share how he, his secret success. I couldn't believe myself. I can't even still believe it to this day, but I'm not kidding you. When the guy said my marketing plan was this, I would show up at company's front reception with a whole bunch of donuts and I would do it regularly. And he said, that's all I did. <laughs> I said, Why are you on stage? But the guy made a lot of money making introductions. Now I'm thinking to myself, uh, I'm not sure everybody's going to run away from email and, and, and LinkedIn to go start delivering donuts, but maybe we, just in case we should buy some shares in Krispy Kreme for the end of the day. <laughs> Are they public company, by the way? Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> is though. One of our old clients, his name was Vince, he got on television, a morning show, by doing the donut strategy. He would show up to the newsroom once a week and drop off a dozen donuts. And then after he did that three or four times, he said, hey, I'd like to deliver these specifically to the person who does money and finance just to introduce myself. And they're like, of course, you've been giving us donuts for weeks. And then all of a sudden, and I'm not kidding, it, it took maybe two months. So he had dropped off, you know, what, eight dozen donuts and he was on. On the morning show and with the morning show he was getting recognized in his community oh my god i saw you on tv you were so good dude so we turned donuts into a multi-channel strategy so on that note here, here, so we're we're off track here everybody if you can't tell but this is sometimes this is where the best nuggets come from so this is what i would do if i were that guy today is if i took those donuts for starters i have my own box I bring I bring them in my own special branded box if, if if possible. It'd be pretty cheap to buy those boxes. I don't know if the donut store will put them in your box when they go there, but who cares? Anyway, that then what I would do is when I drop them off, I would make sure I had my podcast graphic or or a postcard that said, "Here's my podcast. I'd love for you to listen to it. I think I can help you. There's some things I can probably help you with in your business when you have time. Here's the donuts. Enjoy them." I look forward to hearing back from you if you like the podcast. That is a much different way. There's so much in what I just said. I'm not sure everybody really understands, but all these different multi-channel strategies, you could call somebody to tell them about your podcast. You could email people. You can send LinkedIn messages telling people about your podcast. Not everything has to be about coming to an event, what you do for people, who you work with, how many, how many millions or billions of assets you manage and stuff like that. Or it, 
or your charity golf tournament. You, you just think about how do you can use multi-channel, which is where you create the best synergies and donuts and podcasts were made for each other. <laughs> yeah. Eat your Clearly. Donut, listen to my podcast. A- absolutely. Now, but, but here, here's where I think a lot of people still go wrong, Kirk. And I need you to dive in more deeply to this next point. This is point number three of the five biggest sales and marketing trends is the idea that things have to be clearly defined. You would not believe how many sales calls I am on on a weekly basis where I still get resistance that they don't want to be too specific in how they create their content and who they're marketing to. Yeah. You need to, you need to be, you need to clearly define three areas, your audience, your expertise, and your value. And you can't, and you can't define your value until you've defined the first two, which is your audience your expertise. Who do you work? Who do you want to work with? Or who do you work for? What do you know? Combine the two of those. What do you know that your audience cares most about? Spend all your time there. For us, it's talking about donuts. I'm a, I'm a total goof today, and I'm never like that. Everybody's like, <laughs> I know. Anyway, the audience, if you got to be clear about it, you don't have to go ultra niche on this, but you definitely need to go deeper and deeper and run this by stuff. Ask a friend, a consultant, a mentor, is this sound like a niche to you? Does this sound like I've targeted enough who I want to work with and then keep questioning it and and figure that out or go ask for help. The next one is what do you do? What do you really know? What do you know that gives you an advantage or at least puts you in in the, in the top class of, of, of your expertise? Like, what are you really good at? What do you know? What do people, what do you know that people really care about, which starts to lead into the value is how can you, how can you add value? You add value by talking about the things that you know really well, that your audience that you've chosen to work with really cares about. You can make people's worlds better before you ever, before they even become a prospect and you need to figure out how to do that. And we talk about this a lot about this idea of fans versus skeptics. And most people in their businesses, when they talk about leads or prospecting, they're almost always skeptics. Even when they come into your office, they're still skeptics, but how could you turn them into fans much sooner? And you want them to be a fan for a while, to be honest, so that when they do decide, when they do lift their hand and say, Hey, it's the time for me. You know, we talked about on time, I'm ready to, to do business and here's what I need. I already know you're the person because I've been paying attention to you for a while. That's a really important aspect of of bringing this all together is how do I actually, and then you got to figure is, is how do I add value? And then you figure out what value, what they value. You have to understand that too. Do they want to podcast? Do they want to listen? Do they want to watch? Do they want to read? Do they want to participate? Do they like email? Do they like LinkedIn messages? Do they like phone calls? Do they like text? You usually don't know. So you better try all those things and see what they respond to and whatever respond to. Let's keep that up. Yep. So how can you add value? It's one of the most important questions you can ask in marketing in your business is how can I add value? Yeah. And we do that all the time. How many, what is this episode number 310? Somewhere around there? We're pretty close. Sorry if I'm wrong. That was a wild guess. But 310 episodes shows that we care a lot about giving value and, and probably giving quite a bit. How can you serve up value on their terms when they need it, when they want it in a way that they can use it? That's a really good part too, in the way that they can use it. Because sometimes people just talk about, here's all the things you're doing wrong, 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 wrong. They never talk about solving it. So anyway, that's it for clearly defined. 
Now, this next thing here is something that I happen to love in a very, very strange way, which isn't the cadence per se. So what Kirk's talking about when it went kind of foreshadow here, you you have to be posting on a, on a regular basis, but it's also a major frequency thing. Now, Kirk, I'm sure you remember in the time that since we have been partnered at the beginning, it, it was it took seven times to hear your message before somebody would consider clicking on your stuff. Where's that number now? Because it's much higher. Oh, I think I think I've heard like in the 40s and 50s. It's, it's crazy. Brutal. It's brutal. And that might not even be true. I think about some of the people that we work with and that they're liking stuff and they're seeing our stuff. I don't know. Yeah, maybe 40 to 50 is pretty reasonable, but it's, it's a lot. And, and do you even have that much stuff going on that consistently? And And the other thing too is do you have all these impressions that are happening, these 40 or 50 that you need, are they all actually good? And I find that's, that's a really difficult thing for a lot of people to, to be that consistent, that persistent and have that kind of cadence that people can come accustomed to, because I only really want to work with people who come at me with the cadence and persistence and the value that make me trust that they actually are, are the real deal. I was talking to uh, a gentleman that we hired recently, haven't started working, but he's already blown my mind, Jim, and he's a CEO mentor and the guy is just brilliant, man. And we were talking the other day and he talked quite a bit about credibility and how it's probably one of the, the most important things in business. And I couldn't agree more. I'm sure you, you're shaking your head up and down <laughs> and that's it, man. How do you establish credibility all the time? And this is what we're talking about here. It's different. It used to get credibility just from being a role or a, a credential, or I'm in this office building, or I drive this car, like all these things, but it's different now. You get credibility, you got to earn it. And a lot of it happens online. Anyway, so the third, the third one this is the third of the fourth. It's the fourth, sorry. Cadence, persistence still matter. How many times we just talk like 40 to 50 to get to a prospect and then 12 after that? You got to have a system that makes this all happen. And and each one of those impressions has to be a good one. How do you have the consistency, consistency of credibility? Do you have that? That still matters a lot. And I find very few people are doing a great job at that. But you can, you can do it. Not only does it matter a lot, but then you also have to be able to rise above the noise, right? Because statistics show that the average person sees 5,000 ads a day. So how do you get attention? And what we have found is creating custom organic content is the best and most successful way to get people's attention and have a very consistent brand message. Now, we're going to pause there because... I want you to talk about this last piece. And the last piece is something that, just so everybody knows, I hear often, and it's been one of the biggest struggles that we have had as a company and really as an industry, not financial services, but media providers, podcast companies, people who create social media, is the analytics, Kirk, is like our Achilles heel. How we measure is a huge trend because we can measure so much more these days. Yet so many small to mid-sized businesses really don't know where to get started. 
And then even if they did, they don't just to collect the data. And then what do you do with the data? And then how do you be consistent with it? And we've had that struggle. What we've done is we've recently hired an analytics person, that background experience, and we've given them carte blanche to go build some really cool stuff. And the first thing that we've really done, and we had actually been doing this before we hired them, we had actually a bit of a failed launch with some data boards that we were doing and data by data board, I mean, is we were running analytics for our clients. We were running analytics through this system. And unfortunately we had some, (laughs) some sources of bad data, which I guess we should have done on a little bit better job testing. But anyway, we found some problems. We identified them. Now we're correcting them and we're about to deploy them again. But, but the data that we're going to be deploying is and stuff you want to think about too is is website like what's going on with your website what pages get clicked how far do they go do they get stuck are are people even coming there what pages are they coming to and where are they coming from things like that there's so much value there to know but you got to have somebody who knows how to read all this stuff too podcast stats podcast stats are not great they're probably the weakest of all the mediums out there but they are getting better and there's demand for doing better in this area, you want to make sure you have stats for that. You can even have stats uh, on brand awareness. You can you can track that, and see how you score, where you're where you're good, or that kind of stuff. A company called Brandwatch. We don't do that stuff, but I'm interested for us to continue to talk about that stuff. Email, like how many people are opening your email? Is your list getting bigger, smaller? Things like that. So you want to always be tracking your email. Email is one thing that we can plug into the system, which is kind of our system, which is cool. It's podcasting, obviously. Social media, you're using all kinds of channels. Is it even worth you being there? If you're tracking, if you've got five different social platforms you're using and only two of them have any, you know, traffic or then shut down the other, the other four. It's really difficult to be good on multiple. You might maybe you leave them up and you and you if it's easy for you to keep them current, you do that. But you can only really be good at a couple. As some say one. For us, we choose LinkedIn as the primary one, and we're trying to make more of an effort with Twitter because we feel that that's a, a really good place for us to to be as well. That's not for everybody. We do have clients who do Instagram. Some have more success on Facebook, and then I think we even have some on TikTok, right? We have a few people who are doing TikTok right now. Yeah. Yeah. You want to keep those in mind. But social media, you gotta be you gotta be tracking that. What's working, what's getting engagement, how much how many views you're getting, every stuff, things like that. The other thing I want to make sure people understand too is that quality is almost always better than quantity. There there's people who have big followings and none of them are engaged. Like at some point they were interesting enough to get a click or a like or a follow. But they're not coming back. So that is not worth anything. I don't care if you get 20,000. I'd much rather have 200 that are paying attention. I was raising my hand there, Kirk, because that, that's been my, my experience. I've got 70,000 people who follow me on Twitter. 10 of them are listening, right? And so that's, that's, it is not a numbers game when it comes to that from a quantification. It's a numbers game from a qualification. And you said something about email. I want to go back to that very quickly because it, even if you're, Everybody's like, oh, my email list has to grow, grow, grow. No, it needs to be more engaged, more engaged, more engaged. And if that means your email link sh- email list shrinks, but you increase engagement, that's forward progress, right? All of this stuff that Kirk's talking about here about the tracking, it 
the the old adage within financial services is the law of large numbers. You know, you've got ten thousand people on your list. You make a hundred dials a day, and you you know set one whatever ten appointments, and you close one piece of business. That's not how this game works anymore, like at all. It's the whole yeah. idea of just being very, very focused, very consistent, and talking to the people in the media they prefer while they're there. Yeah. So some other things that you can track too are texts, mailers. If you put a link there, you can track anything you can put a, a, a link on. You can track that link and the behavior that happens afterwards, ads, things like that. So just to recap, things that you should be tracking, website, SEO, brand, awareness, email, podcasting, social media, SMS, mailers, ads, and I'm sure there's more I've missed, but that's a pretty good list for most people to get started with. All right. Closing thoughts. What do you got? The top performers, the people who have the best marketing, they're doing a bunch of this stuff. They're not, they're maybe not doing it all. It's a lot. You got to figure out how you get there. And as a lot of people listen to us thinking, oh, there's not a chance I can get there. That's not true. You got to be, you got to be savvy here. You got to be resourceful. How do you get this done? You got to figure out what you can insource, what you can outsource, what you can do, what you can't do, what you can start and then build up to. You got to have a game plan because the alternative is not good. And I can tell you right now that we talked about the, the people that are doing this. There's more and more that we're seeing who are engaging this. Their stuff is humming along. And we get success stories emailed to us all the time from them. This is the, this is the standard. It's not, I'm going to do a couple things. I'm going to dabble in them and I'm going to get, and, and hopefully I'm just going to get a bunch of referrals from people. And now you got to work harder for these things and you got to pay attention and you got to figure it out. Take that decision-making process or whatever that is that you have. If you don't have one, just think about how you're going to break this thing down and make it happen. If you need help with it, listen to more of our podcasts, give Matt a call, sign up for Academy, learn more stuff there, come to office hours, hire a brand consultant. We know a bunch of them. Hire a coach, talk to a mentor, look at somebody that's doing a lot of stuff. You'll go to conferences, talk to, talk to um, speakers, talk to advisors who are doing stuff. Join a mastermind group. I love when you brought up that mastermind example earlier. Client, our client that's using masterminds, he's killing it. He's using masterminds, by the way, off track here, as, a, as an adjunct to a strategy, a podcast strategy, which is all based on centers of influence. So he's, he's having guests come on his podcast. He's starting relationships with more and more COIs. He's doing good by them by getting them exposure, extracting their, their intelligence and their brilliance on the podcast, making them feel great. We're doing all the stuff to make them look like real pros. His uh, professionalism and his, and his um, living with abundance, all that stuff, or doing business with abundance, he's really impressing people. And now he's got all these people in mastermind groups where they're becoming even more close. And now they're learning from each other. I mean, he's, it's just, it's taken a couple of years, a couple of years, no shortcuts here, but it's, it's something else, just hard work found something that really works for, for uh, their business and making it happen. Yeah. So just, just to recap here, consumer buying behavior, people buy different differently than they ever did before. And you got to be prepared to meet that. You got to have, and you start by having multi-channel strategies. 
you got to clearly define your audience, your expertise, and your value. How do you add a lot of value? And the value has to resonate with your audience. It has to be about your expertise. The cadence of persistence matters. You have to be there on a regular cadence. People look for that. If you're there one month and gone for two, it doesn't count. And you got to track stuff, track stuff, see what the numbers, see what the stuff tells you. We're trying to get better at this. I'm not acting like we got all this solved and had it solved for years. We're, we're getting better at this stuff too. But if you can find a way to, to make, to, to figure out how to track as best you can, some of it's objective. Don't let that stop you from doing stuff. Objective is fine. Track what you can do. What makes sense and figure out how you're going to get all the stuff done. Like I said earlier, that was a long parting thought. That's all right. It was a good parting thought. And in my two cents is walk before you run. Make sure that you, if you are going to do a cadence, it's something you can keep up with. Number two, please consider who, not how. The ability to delegate to a professional is what all of you want your clients and prospects to do for you. It's no difference in the world of marketing. And just as Kirk said, it's about momentum. And if you do these things, you will gain momentum. And you should, I just had a great webinar with Claire Aiken recently, Kirk. And one of the things that she had said was, you should have a three to five marketing, three to five year marketing plan. Who has that, right? How many of you are sitting there looking at a marketing plan saying, hey, I know what I'm doing this month. And, and, and many, many of you don't. And I think that's a big failing of, of most people with marketing because instead of sticking with something and doing it for a long time, letting it gain momentum, it's really starting to attract your tribe. You guys are doing fits and starts, doing crazy things that might've worked for somebody like the donut thing earlier that might not necessarily work for you. All right, so if you wanna know more information, Kirk already touched on a couple of this. I'm going to reiterate it. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, please go to proudmouth.com. Now, the other thing is we do have a free version of our Influence Accelerator Academy. Please join that. Uh, lots and lots of amazing tools and resources that you can get there. Uh, if you have a team member that you would want to train in how to do marketing, we've got what we refer to as the enthusiast level. It's $99 a month for you to have access to pretty much everything that we do internally to train our team and all of our tips and tricks uh, on demand for your marketing assistant. And last but not least, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do. And if you haven't dropped a review for us on any of the uh, platforms, we'd love it if you take a minute to do that because we're you know 310 episodes or something into this and it would be great for some feedback from all of you guys. So for everybody here at Proudmouth, Kirk Lowe and me, Matt Halloran, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how you can be your own loud, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend our educational webinars, and sign up for our new Influence Accelerator Academy, where you too can learn how to truly be an influencer in your space. Have a wonderful day.